Hey, Texas the Black Pants Legion here. Welcome to the BPL Podcast. I am joined across the table by Frank the Tank, the magical marine who knows how to salute, shoot, and scoot. Say hi, Frank, when you're done belching. Well, hello there. To my left, <laughs> I am joined by Mr. Mike, the editor par excellence and fan of Star Trek. Hello. Today, we are going to answer some of your questions on the BPL podcast. We're going to try to get through the we're last... We're going to try to answer yeah, your questions. we're going to try. <laughs> but uh, we're going to try to get through a bunch of these questions. Everyone's been writing them in. I would really prefer, again, uh, you guys go to Anchor FM and you can leave voicemail questions. Did, they, did anybody leave any? No, not yet. <sighs> because we've guys. not yet caught up. To where I start telling people to oh, do that. Yeah, so. so you guys are probably going to be listening to this like a month later. Like, we have been. And yeah, we have. What the fuck? Next podcast for like, we literally have 15 hours of questions. Someone was just singing. No, um, <laughs> but no. <laughs> it's we, a whole concert. Yeah, the reason we like that uh, is because it allows you to kind of join our podcast as a voice. And rather than listening to me read your stuff, you can put it in your own voice, make your own arguments, your own comments. And it's like you're joining us. So that's it's it's really cool. But so this is Q&A uh, with Frank the Tank, Mike. And I'm, here to, I'm here to moderate to make sure that you guys are having a very you're clean like, conversation. You're like uh, 90 seconds. I will kill that mic. And I'm like, <laughs> huge. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're just kissing make up. And I think that'd be the, the best for... Uh, well, you guys are going to be talking about problems. RPG systems, and if anybody could be talking about RPG systems, Frank is someone who's very For familiar. Frank, Frank knows a little bit about everything. <laughs> Frank likes riffs. Let's put it that way. Riffs is amazing, and Mega Damage did nothing wrong, okay? <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> wrong. Uh, so you know, see, The problem is mo most GMs don't treat Mega Damage like they should. Like, if you're shooting Mega Damage weapons in the forest, you've just clear-cut, like... A large part of the forest. So you're saying predator. You, you've it, you've you've done that exactly. You know, like if you shoot a, a mega death weapon inside of like a wooden house, that house just collapsed on you. Okay, okay, I'm following. I I, I just think riffs is insane because it's one of those kitchen sink settings where you're like, I want to play a guy whose weapon is a pogo stick that's sharp, and you're like, okay, let me get the pogo stick class book. Yeah, no, and, and the real problem with riffs is the power creep and the later things they had to keep topping each other. Oh so yeah, it no, got it's, it's it's got it's got Mark a Million's disease for certain. Um, but I mean, every game has because people are like that's why I play D and D. I'm like, really? Let's play epic level D and D where we just compare stat blocks where you like throw guys into the sun, you know. You're like, I wish the town guard dead, you know, or yeah, I cast vengeful gaze of God. I've killed the whole plane. <laughs> um, so first question. Hello, podcastees. NB, the local NIMBY here with another question being shouted into the void in hopes of being heard. So I just finished your podcast with Mr. Meme. And when he mentioned Lord of the Rings, when he mentioned that Lord of the Rings eventually reaches a state similar to modern day, it instantly set my mind a whirling with possibilities of what a modern society would do, either with a knowledge of magic or magic past. Oh, there's a slash there. Magic slash past magic and its rediscovery. And they absolutely would rediscover it when they started asking questions like, why is the sun a fucking flower? I'm wondering if there's any canon Lord of the Rings stuff that would cover man's rediscovery of magic and what they do with that information. Second invasion of the undying lands, runic power armor, Jurassic parking dwarves, dragons and other races back into existence, artificial gods. If there isn't, what would you like to see from a Lord of the Rings setting that has advanced into a sci-fi setting that's rediscovering it's actually a fantasy setting. Thanks for making me lose a night's sleep brainstorm said setting. 
NB, the NB. Um, Modern Arcana did that. Uh, Urban Arcana. Yeah, that 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 was that's like D and D, but modern day. Uh, Shadowrun is that. That's D and D, but cyberpunk. And ar- arguably, you know, you you have settings that have already covered this because there was Earth Dawn, uh, which then became is is the same world as uh, Cyber or Shadowrun. It's it's just like it's the earlier age of the world, and you know, you've got like the sixth world, and you've got the whatever. But like a modern. I wouldn't want to do modern. Because I, I think I think Arcanum is the perfect answer for that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to do modern. I'd want to do steampunk. I want to do 1880s because when you have society making changes where it's like, yeah, you know, factories have replaced all these agrarian jobs. That's interesting. Or I would like magic this, is fading. Yeah. The earth is becoming because like that's what Lord of the Rings is kind of playing. Yeah, it's like magic and magic goes away. Yeah. Replaced and, by boring. Yeah, replaced by the, you know, mundane and the fact that men only live short lives and are doing what they can to enhance it. Well, in yeah. the Age of Legends is ending. The Age of Great Heroes is gone. And it's 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 a dying world in, in, the, in the magical sense. Yeah. So all the wonder and joy and everything is going away. It's bittersweet. The world still goes on, but without the heroes without, of legend. Yeah, without, without the heroes of legend, I mean, you, you see the great statues and works of of the previous megalithic uh civilizations collapsed and in ruin and you know the watchtowers and everything else i wouldn't like to see in all honesty because i know someone's going to mention that movie bright which yeah i don't want to watch that um because you watched it i I, i've only seen uh clips of it and i'm just like nice try (laughs) (laughs) no that's fair that's fair i watched it we'll watch it we'll watch together before i make my comment but okay okay uh, you know we could we could watch that after this podcast no tear it apart i'm not okay got it yeah so so (laughs) no we'll we'll watch it after this yeah you know i I think that'd be fun because we all like world building (laughs) we all like world building and we can just attack it from that angle but the thing is is you have to if i was going to do a setting i i would do i would love to see what an age of prohibition would look like in a fantasy world. So, so you have like the dwarves who have now become the heads of industry. They're your Henry Fords. They're your, your Edison's. They're your Alexander Graham Bell's. They're your, you know, no Edison a, would still be a person, a human because Edison was an ass. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so okay. it'd be like, he'd be like, Oh, the dwarves created that. Well, I've made a light bulb that does this. And you're like, yeah. And the dwarves okay. have like fluorescent lights and Edison's like, if you look at mine, you'll go blind. <laughs> Uh, it's still a human. It's, it's just, the same also, guy. Also, yeah. I stole your patents. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> human patents for humans. Yeah, no, they, and that, that would be interesting. Um, they, they would be your Isambard Brunels, you know, the guys who build rail, the guys who invent the steam screw, the really fucking smart people. You'd have like the gnomes. I, I Gnomes would be people like Marie Curie. You know, you, you'd have these people tink, tinkering and figuring out the sciences from different angles. The dwarves would be engineers. The 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 drow would be all dead because fuck them um, <laughs> because with the invention of nerve gas i mean uh, the tunnels just got flooded next thing you know they no, weren't a problem well i yeah I, I think it'd be funny if like the dwarves just start pumping slag down there from the steel mills <laughs> so they're just like so you know the the minzo barons on they're down there and they're like we celebrate the spider and you just see a pipe come down <laughs> and they're like oh what's this and then what's that glow in the pipe and it's just the <laughs> slow pouring of steel slag in there until 
until it's solid, and then they let raise the pipe. <laughs> See, that, that, that'd be a really fun setting to explore. Me and Cobalt were actually talking about like trying to set up an Arcanum system in Genesis. You could do to it where yeah. magic and technology would counteract each other. Well, antithetical. Yeah, and, and you could have it interact in really wild ways. You know, because in Arcanum, there Mike was talking about the coefficient of friction being changed by magical fields. Keep in so. mind that was not me. That was a person in chat. I am not that. Smart. Yeah, but it came out of your mouth. So right, fair. That, I'm, I'm giving it's your it fault. To you. So I'm the yeah. Edison of reading comments. Got it. All right, go ahead. Oof. <laughs> well, no, you haven't stolen anything. You have, a much, you have a much better facial hair as well, so. Oh, and thank you. Yeah, fuck it. I'm, so I'm about to get it shaved <laughs> off, so enjoy yeah. it now. Oh, man. Uh, but no, I, I, I think that that would be really interesting. Um, I, I would love to do like a 1920s. Uh, imagine if there's a prohibition on magical artifacts. And so, so the gangs are magical gangs, and you have government agents that are trying to stop them. Yeah, because because unrestrained magic is dangerous. You know what I mean? So you have that to be is. so you have to be a licensed and bonded. Oh, imagine playing a character like yes, I'm a licensed and bonded necromancer. You know, you've got your like badge and ID. <laughs> you know, so so you run like a lawn care service. You're like you, you've got a bunch of skeletons out there like raking lawns and stuff. Or, or you can even have like. Um one of the guy, the guy that sublet the, the, the contractor for the police that will raise the dead or the spirits so they can ask questions. That, that's, that's that was my job. that was my favorite thing in Arcanum is if you play a necromancer and you get to the the Whitechapel murders and, and just you, oh, okay oh hey hey, hey that's who what killed happened. you and she's like oh this guy oh cool solved <laughs> yeah know. yeah that that would be great see that's a setting I would want to explore like if you just make it modern day mundane we have enough freaky weird shit. Just just push it in a setting that you find fascinating, like the rise of the gangs in Chicago in the 20s or, you know, uh, Prohibition in America. I mean, imagine you got dwarves up in the hills making moonshine and crafting runic weapons to go on the black markets, you know. <laughs> um, but the one thing I came up with in a fantasy world is I said, like, West Virginia, because I well. Okay, I didn't come up with West Virginia. That, that, that was that was more a secession act. But here's here's <laughs> here's the thing is I said, take. If you don't know how to create a world or a map, just take our world and our map and change the history, change the Mac history. Say, oh, no, it's it's American history or whatever, but there's always been dwarves and elves and the Underdark is deep down there, you know, and hollow earth really was real. Yeah. And, and, and you can so you could have a magical World War Two. You could have all, all of these, you know, like uh, the, the A-bombs dropped were actually magical weapons. Or Tank knights. Tank knights is one of my. I mean, would you really think about what would World War One with magic look like? Oh, yeah. Cast stinking cloud. And you've got like paladins out there like doing lay on hands to people in the trenches. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that, that would be great because a paladin's weapon doesn't have to be a sword, you know, so you'd have like the battle chaplain in there. And he's sitting there casting smite on bullets. I mean, it would it would be an interesting. I, I like the idea of lay on hands when they first realize chemical weapons are a thing. So they're trying to bring these guys back, and they keep dying, and they yeah. keep like choking and dying over and over again. And they're like, "Just stop! Do not resuscitate!" They're like, "No, I could save you." Like lay on hands doesn't stop gas. Yeah, and and, and that's <laughs> that's the thing is you would you would have battle wizards, and you would say, "Okay, maybe that's what put these restrictions of magic in because they realized the war escalated and got really dirty." And and that's that's the interesting thing, because with the rise of the age of gun, you know, why why do I need a wizard who can cast fireball when I can just drill him with a 45 you or, know. you know, make napalm? Yeah. So it's one of those things. There's your challenge of magic versus technology. Technology is infinitely reproducible and I don't have to study for 20 years and get a Ph.D. in magic. Yeah, you can just go down to your local gun store and get yourself a 30, 45, 70. Yeah, and just, yeah, get a Tommy gun. Yeah. And peasants with rifles are incredibly effective. 
Yeah, just yep. ask Vietnam. I mean, seriously, <laughs> it's 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 a game changer. So you you have your world that's changed. So magic becomes this weird esoteric knowledge that's only understood by the few. And then you set it on a cool backdrop. So you have the 1920s. You have the heads of gangs being elves that are maybe hundreds of years old. You know what I mean? Like yeah. imagine the mafia where you have the original founders of the mafia still alive. You know, and and you can create all these really the, cool. I, I would ideas. like the idea if there was like an elf from Galadriel. Yeah. In in like one of these like things that they've been a sect they've guarded and they find out it's like I have been on this earth yeah. longer than you can imagine. You're like yeah, like I advised Roman emperors. Yeah. I was there when the Byzantine Empire fell. I speak a hundred languages and a hundred more that have been lost. I've had more lovers than you can imagine. Yeah. Uh, are you? Are do you just sleep around? Well, I mean, oh, a bit. I mean, a little I'm good bit. I, I, you know, it's. I still have needs, you know. I, I mean, mean, it's, it's eighty. It's just, I'm eighty thousand yeah, years old, but I, mean, I can. St still got to, you know, lay pipe now and then. So I mean, <laughs> like you're kind of pretty despisable, uh, disposable. So yeah, I, you know. yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> I can't get too attached. No, I mean, you just got to hit it and go, and you're like, God, you're terrible. It, I know. Yeah. Fireball. Um. I mean, so live yeah. that long though, it's like. The morals are completely different. So. Oh, of course. That's that's the interesting thing that Goat really uh, carries over well with his vampire games. The the understanding of morality. How morality would shift on a long enough time. God, we've talked a lot about this. This yeah. is good. Yeah. Next one. Uh, big fan of the podcast. Thank you very much, by the way, for that NIMBY, question. that was great. Yeah. Yeah, big fan of the podcast. I have a few questions. You have mentioned a few times your fascination fascination and love of classic sci-fi serials this is a passion i share even a few serials we still retain like asimov don't seem to still have the same personality as the classic analog is there any hope for short form science fiction or is the mind space that medium used to occupy been colonized by other mediums like video games potato clip chip youtube as someone of a tangent i was curious if you have any thoughts on keith laumer's bolo series was there something about GM in the 60s that led science fiction writers imagining them producing giant weapons of war? In particular, do you think we could ever get a proper game set in the universe? As a final question, I'm curious if you've ever heard of SpaceBattles.com. We've been around for some form or another since 1996 and are probably one of the few forums to survive from that period. For the Dinochrome Brigade, signed Martian Hunter. So, Bolo, I'm well aware of giant fucking tanks that go around and blow stuff up, and they're really technologically advanced. And I think giant tanks are much in the same vein as giant zombie robots. It's just rule mm. of cool. I like rule of cool shit. And I have heard of that place. Um, old, I, I was a BBS guy, you know, bulletin board system guy. I was very much on the early internet, late 80s, early 90s. I, I remember having to dial in. And download messages and leave a message and then get out before they kicked you off. You know, <laughs> I, I remember those those days. And that was a really interesting age of Internet. Um, but back to the point, could we get something in that setting? Sure. I mean, Netflix and everything else, they're they're they'll buy anything. I mean, they, they will. They'll just be like, I have an idea for a movie. Um, there's a guy and he's got a Frisbee and it talks. And they're like, well, four seasons of talking Frisbee. I mean, you'll, you'll get it. <laughs> Here's a million dollars. Do what you can. Do what you can. And well, I mean, it's, it's, if the show becomes popular, then it only gets two seasons. Yes. Because they don't want to pay the actors any more money. Correct. Yeah. They, yeah. they, they, they will kill that fucking the daredevil problem. Yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll drown daredevil. That. As I said, Tex hasn't seen it yet and we're going to watch it. But yeah. That's probably, if you're going to watch one of those, that one of those defenders shows, that's the one, at least that's, that's, I, I like a lot because it's just got great cinematography and 
set it. It's like I'm not a big like yeah, I'm not video a... guy, but just the like the way they did the fights with like I know the one in the hallway with how the cameras. Working, oh, I know. I, I was like, yeah, damn. I know. I, I was like that 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 got it. And then you know, well, well but aside from that, you're saying about Bolo well, and, and I, BBS boards and it, yeah. Well, I, I remember that old internet <laughs> well, and and I I remember as well. Acting like I'm not from that era or something. I don't know. I was well, yeah. fucking weird internet memes. I think, I think we were all around that time. Yeah, I no, I totally was not. What is that? I was the okay, young man. You, the YouTube. Apparently, <laughs> that's the YouTube and. Shut up, Mike. I, so, so I totally the, wasn't like lost on anime forums when I was a wee lad. When I was a wee lad, BBS. Yeah, I was on some pretty weird BBS. Well, shit. Dude, everyone yeah. was yeah. back then. That, that was it. Was it was like back hey, when I mean, I, th- I watched anime as a kid coming home from like middle school. Well, you'd have in to the tell, mid nineties. What I love <laughs> was when you had to tell people the website because you couldn't really find it easy. Yeah. So you'd be like, dude, have you heard of this place? Here, let me write it down for you. Yeah. Go yeah. to www back in the day when you had the type out the w's because you don't have to do that now no it, yeah. you can go google.com you'd, you'd you don't have to type https you know any of that stuff you had to actually type in the full thing and that was nuts yeah it was like really getting nuts. kicked off the internet was real yeah and that was awesome and and <laughs> it, no it was it was this weird and thinking back on i'd love to go visit that internet at our speed <laughs> not those speeds because i remember my 56 double lot bod modem and i was like book no actually we should set up like a, a doors game set up for the the legion like i think usurp would be really fun yeah and then the guy still maintains it last i looked <laughs> that, that can be interesting and well to, to the answer the question of science fiction could we get a show set in the unit fuck yeah if yeah you, if, you, if you went to like michael bay and you were like <laughs> okay dude tanks but future and huge and he'd be like dude I am gonna put so many fucking explosions in this, and and they'd make like twelve of them. They would. Yeah, that that would actually be like the perfect time for that too. Yeah. No, that'd be great. Like, um, the thing about Michael Bay, just as a director, like The Rock was like amazing. Yeah. And then he just went more popcorn with the uh, Transformers. Well, it's because they paid him a lot of money, but he knows how to make explosions fun. Because you you just watch and you're like, what's gonna blow up now? And then it happens, and you're like, yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah, it's a pleasant. It's it, it's like I, Mike, Michael Bay is to filmmaking as frosting is to cake. It's, yes. it's not good for you, but boy, don't you I, love it? I had I had heard nothing but hate for this dude because he did one thing wrong, which is we well, did multiple things wrong, which is he touched Transformers, which apparently you don't do, and you make them shitty, which yeah. is even worse. Well, then you then you went and I think he did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which then. Also, I think he was just trying to troll people from the 80s because he's like, oh, you like this show? Guess what I can do to it? I mean, Duke. Oh, is that in a toilet? I could do it again. More swirlies. I mean, he's like the, he's like a high school bully. Yeah. To, to people's childhood. I mean, to, to be fair, people have really rose tinted glasses for those shows. Yeah, but here's, yes, here's the question. I agree. Here's, no, no I, and I'm with you guys. But here's here's the real question is like, who could have done a good job with it? You think Steven Spielberg's going to be like, you know, I'm really feeling Transformers needs this. this. No. It, no, no one. it would have been like some little kid in like the fucking Midwest who ha- hangs out with his friends and it's totally not the Goonies, but it's the Goonies. And it's like all riding bikes and it's you know like to the early 2000s but for some reason they don't have cell phones and you know it's like yeah they, that's yeah. steven spielberg yes it's very schmaltzy yeah and and it's it's 
you know, it's it's saccharine. It, but people like that. People like that nostalgia because no, yeah, a lot feel of people grow, grow. It's, a, it's yeah. feel good. It's it's just that it, it pushes that button where you're like, oh yeah, the eighties. I'm just gonna say, tech, technically speaking, from a technical point of view, Michael Bay's fucking shit is always amazing. Not only does he he goes with CGI, he also does CGI mixed with actual. He'll blow up a full fucking truck. He doesn't give a shit. No, he's like, no, he's, give me money, I'll blow up a semi, and I, I'm like hardly anyone will ever pay for that anymore and he will make it look good that's yeah. the only thing no and you're, i'm not you're defending right. his movies when i say that i know people give him the stink eye but dude look at it from a technical standpoint and you'll learn to appreciate what good can actually come from that no, however he is a dick so to, to answer the other <laughs> question he had about short form serials and sci-fi that's kind of gone away you don't you, you see more people put that online in blogs and stuff now it, it people people have taken it away because print is dead essentially and so unless you've got something like i mean really when you think about it collections of short stories exist in fandoms and like in 40k and what have you but there's not a lot of serial magazines out there that are outside of a fandom that's just generic short form sci-fi which is a shame because you have to realize stuff like dune came out as a serial at first and that's where a lot of people cut their teeth and yeah, so a lot of the old school authors they would write like short stories for these little the magazines and stuff and now it's just you don't have that. No. And and it's in the age of the internet. I'm not sure if that could really succeed unless you started a site that was all about short story fiction writing, which would be kind of interesting. You they, know, you get a story a day from somebody different. They do um they do serialized format sci-fi stuff uh through podcasts. Right. They those yeah. do exist. So But it's 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 changed for It's like it's like radio at that yeah. point. It's yeah. not the same. So, next, Ob, to Tex and whoever else is answering this. What are your thoughts on the Clan Invasion Kickstarter? Feel free to go into as much detail as you want. A secondary question, what's some good ways to get into Battletech and play with people if none of your local game stores has anything Battletech? Signed, Orpheus the Irby Jockey. Okay, Orpheus, here's what you need to know. Uh, two things. One, the Clan Invasion Kickstarter was crazy because they thought they were going to make like $100,000. They made like a million point six in like eight minutes. So it shows that one, Battletech is far from dead. It's now in this renaissance. And there was a really good article written about that, uh, about Battletech's renaissance, how it's all starting to come back. And that's that's really cool because I think people are getting tired of Games Workshop shit, you know, and especially pricing. So I'm, I'm a huge fan of that. And I hope to see more fun from those guys because they, they could have kept pushing the storyline forward in the setting, but they didn't. They went back to a really cool part of the story, which means maybe they'll do a Succession Wars one. Maybe they'll do a uh, Ameri Civil War one. What if they did the reunification wars? Well, what they they, are, they are they technically did the Ameri Civil War. Well, I know, but I'm saying a re-release of all the box set of okay. all the mechs and everything else, so they they could create all these neat things and keep revisiting them and reimagine them in new and fun ways. Like, oh, this is a front in the war we never talked about. Here's some battles and what have you. And I I think that's really cool. Um, to get into BattleTech now, uh, especially because most of the stores are Games Workshop, or go fuck yourself. I would recommend looking at online. There's a few groups. There's everything BattleTech is a good site mm -hmm. um, as well, uh, and and they have they have a Discord and they have people in there who play BattleTech. I'm in that Discord as well. Um, but there's there's a few other online sites. So just start looking up uh, social groups online. There's a big Facebook group for BattleTech if you're kind of in the Facebook side of things and you wanna. You want to find people in your local area, I'm sure they'll hook you up. So, I mean, Battletech people want you to play Battletech. And if, if, if you can't find them in your local area, they may be hidden because they were pushed out of the store by Games Workshop. But I guarantee you, unless you live in a lighthouse in the middle of fucking nowhere, 
you're you're probably within a driving distance of someone who wants to kick your shit in with BattleTech. I, I that that's just what I know. And BattleTech people will murder you, but they will they will they will do it with kindness and teach you to murder others. So they're they're really cool guys. I'm one of them. Next up, hi. Hope all is well in the land of tech. It's okay. Uh, my questions for the podcast are one. Has anyone from the BPLD, that is the Berkeley Public Library District podcast, had a chance to read anything from the Eisenhorn series? Oh, no. I, I, he means BPL. There's just a D in there for some reason. <laughs> uh, had Oops. we had a chance to read anything from the Eisenhorn? Or that or I fucked it up when I copy-pasted it. So you can blame me, dude. Um, has read anything from Eisenhorn? I've read Eisenhorn. Have you? I have not. No, it's 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 a forty k book series. It's it's probably the best writing in forty k. Um, Eisenhorn and Ravner both, and and Mike Mike's not much of a reader. He's reading Dune right now though. Yes, slowly. He gave well, me he gave me Dune like six months ago. I'm still yeah, reading. Well, it. you're chipping at it. Yeah, I the, lay in bed and then I read it uh, and then I go. That was interesting. Close book. Fall asleep. <laughs> well, that's that's fine. With the announcement of a live-action Inquisitor TV series based on the Eisenhorn novels, uh, what sort of ideas and elements from 40K lore would the BPL like to see done right? Well, I'm nervous about that because it's the same people, the same production company who did Man in the High Castle, which started off really good and then got really strange. What are they making? Uh, they're making an Inquisitor TV show. and About what? Eisenhorn. Is it, are you talking about 40K? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know anything about 40K, so I'm like, this is all different to me. Yeah, so... uh, Cool, good for them. I'm glad they got a production to do something that's probably going to suck. Good luck, guys. Have fun with that. Well, I'm I'm nervous because the same group did Man in the High Castle, which (sighs) for the first two seasons was... The first season was good. The first, I was going to say the first season was good. Second season got lost somewhere, and then yeah. it picked up at the end, and then in the third season, I didn't even bother with no, it. No, it ends so weird, and I'm like, I don't like this. It's not the same writers. No, that's what I mean. It's people like, all right, we made our money, and they leave, and then they're like, how do, how do we make better? Hmm. Well, that's the Netflix problem. It's, yeah. it's always like after the second season, at most, it's just terrible. Well, that's that's the issue is like 40K isn't really strong on writing other than Dan Amnett stuff. He's the best writer in 40K, period. Um, and and then you end up with, oh, say, yeah, sorry, Graham McNeil's also pretty good. And and then you end up with, you know, like Andy Chambers, but he's more like the over Godfather, overarching big story lore guy, like lore master. But I would be really nervous about a TV show because like as much as I love some stuff, you're not going to have shit like The Expanse come out all the time. No, and and the expanse only works because they they had a small tight team and they knew how to do it really well and and they had really good fucking writers and they've consistently had really good fucking writers and they know how to spend their money but the problem is is like when you have a production company that's made like the man in the high castle uh, I I'm getting nervous I I'd love to see a lot of things right hey if they're not at the creative if they're not at the helm of it it might be better but it might be because I, you, I, just, I mean if yeah. they did if they do the creative works I'm sure it'll look I'm sure it's gonna look great whatever people produce that looks great um everyone tries to hype it up and I'm like no it, you gotta watch it first before you really kind of give it that because you can make you excited but then you'll watch yeah, it and be well, like I'm trailer I'm, magic yeah I'm I'm a wait and see guy. When it comes to movies, could you imagine shows? if that show, The Inquisitors, it was going to be called? I, I don't know. Like whatever, The Inquisitor. It's narrated by Kel Mitchell from Good Burger. Oh, <laughs> I, Texas face is amazing right now. Okay, yeah. first of all, you're conflicted because I I want to just say this. I think we all like Kel Mitchell as the yeah, Good no, Burger. Yeah, no, yeah. But narrating an entire thing as the Good Burger, we killed a world. 
yeah. So so they totally killed this world, and it really sucked. But then these other guys came in, and they were also kind of mean. But then these other guys came in, and they were also kind of mean. And then this other guy came, and he was just a giant guy, big dude, <laughs> and just the whole time. Yeah. I, and they take it seriously and, like, cinematic and everything. I, I would love to see him do it right. I'd love to see them yeah. get the feeling of the world right. But the problem is, if you're not really steeped in 40K, and you don't know where it's kind of magpied its ideas from, because... 40K steals everything. It, they, they just borrow and steal. They're like, what if Baroque cathedrals were the standard building style? And boom, done. And what if they fly through space? And yeah, space church fight, launching smaller <laughs> churches at each other. And, you know, it's 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 a setting that borrows heavily from 82,000 comics. It borrows heavily from dystopian themes in 1984. It borrows all sorts of crazy stuff. And it's just this, it's a patchwork quilt of a setting. And so unless someone kind of gets that and leans into it, right, it's going to be terrible. And so this leads into his third question, which is a comment. Um, but it, Frank Spotnitz of X-Files fame is attached to the project. Who would the BPL like to see instead of him? I'm a bit skeptical because Frank from the nineties is not Frank from the 2020s. I yeah, I was gonna say X Files is dumb. Um, so no, no, I'm kidding. Uh, (laughs) Look, I liked X Files up to the episode. My favorite was uh, the Memoirs of a Cigarette Smoking Man. Yeah, where it shows GB Spender's like back history, and you realize he's the guy who killed JFK. He's the guy who orchestrated all this crazy stuff. X Files is a show that has great episodes. Yes, but not great seasons. I agree. Um, Um, and I I have tried to watch it, and I just go through the the top really good ones I, I i straight up skip some shit i'm like no well, no because it's just not made for i'm just not in that mindset i think that they had a good idea in the beginning and i just i don't know i i, I think x files if the seasons were shorter i would have liked it more agreed i think a lot of shows could yeah because I'd, ra- I'd rather 10 good episodes than 30 bad ones it was definitely better when it was like, like a monster of the week yes kind of show yes and then once they went to like the overarching plot it just kind of yeah it, it felt well, a little and, and lost its yeah, way. So I, if if this guy's attached to the attached to the project, I'm a little nervous uh, because you know. But we'll see. I, I'm a wait and see guy. But he says, "P.S. I disagree with Tax and X Files going crappy after Memoirs of a Cigarette Smoking Man. It's still a great late night viewing from Walter." So hey, I, Walter, that's like your opinion, man. Oh wow, nice <laughs> dudeism. Nice no, dudeism. I know. I'm I'm kidding, man. I oh, I, you, you I like, like a lot of stuff. I like a lot of stuff. People don't, and yeah, I understand. And, well, it's some people like relish, some people like mayo, and I think they're both. Those wrong. are both. Those, yeah, they're, they're, those are terrible. And I think they're both wrong. <laughs> yeah, same well, here. Like sounding at that point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> has nothing better to do but mix them both together and drink it through a shot glass. Oh God, I don't relish that opinion. <laughs> I am going to get up and hit you. So I um, deserve it. Yeah. Hey, you guys have never lived into you. A1 steak sauce and a shot glass. I, I've put A1 on salad. Dude, yes. <laughs> well, you were in the Marines. You also eat crayons. This is true. Yeah, you eat crayons the best, dipped so you know. in A1. I have to try that. We'll have to yeah. do it on stream one day. Yeah, we'll do it okay. on the stream. No. <laughs> Dear, <laughs> this MRE sucks. <laughs> Dear Mr. Texan guests, I've enjoyed listening to the podcast as well as the various members' YouTube videos. It has brought much-needed levity not only to myself, but my friends as well. Thank you all. My question comes in the form of a what-if regarding Battletech. What if Alexander Kerensky decided to stay in the inner sphere and reestablish the Terran hegemony and then Star League, but plot twist, suffers his fatal heart attack just after retaking the hegemony? Would Nicholas still rise to power? 
Would the clan still become something? As the hegemony was the technological heart of Star League, I envision Nicholas sealing off the hegemony from the rest of the inner sphere and working to advance their technological edge as far as possible, instead of having to reduce numbers due to preserving equipment. They wouldn't have enough manufacturing to produce enough equipment for everyone, and thus the constant testing. Sorry if this is lengthy, and I hope everyone is doing well. Signed, Steve. Okay, issue with that idea. Um, the hegemony was like, fucked. Yeah, I don't think the houses would just roll in because they didn't have much infrastructure left after the war. Yeah, they, they, the houses just mobbed that land up, and the SLDF was the only thing holding them back. And it, and it, that military was on its last legs. So yeah. it's it's like you have an army that can occupy burned worlds, and then after a certain point, people are going to start deserting because soldiers like money. Would you be a Marine for free, Frank? It depends on how good the chow was. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's it, it's one of those things. It's like you love. If Canopus your... girls are making your chow, probably right. Yeah. But it, it's it's one of those things of like you love serving your country, but you also like eating and exactly. You, and you like your kids to have shoes, you know. And it's <laughs> it's over their heads. Also, so you know, a good plus. I'm guessing you're not going to be a Capellan guy. <laughs> no. You know what? No, I, I've always liked how Steiner actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the Steiner, the Lyran. They get shoes. <laughs> The Steiner ration, you cut, tear it open, and it's just like a whole bunch of bratwurst. And, it's just and there's cheese money. with bratwurst inside you have to dig out. And there's money in there. Yeah. It's like, oh, go to local shop and get something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we burned it down. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's got money in there. And you're like, oh, cool, napkins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, that's that's the thing is you've 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 got an army without logistics and that won't last long. That's mm-hmm. why they had to leave because th- there was nothing left. And so yeah, you have ruined worlds and rebuilding all that would have been hard. Now and, that's and Kerensky's not a spy master. No, because that would be the only way he would be able to survive in a situation like that is becoming basically what. Unless uh, Blake became. Unless all the houses bought in, it, it, they, they couldn't have held it. Like, he would have to run the HPG, and he's not that kind of guy. No, and Blake could have helped them a bit, but not enough. No, he would have been like, oh, shit, an army's coming to kick my teeth in? Well, see you later, Kerensky. Yeah, he would have been like, well, can't be here. <laughs> Mo's shroot beard and all doesn't protect yeah, against much. He just takes his jacket off, and he's like, yeah, go house, where were we, of uh, Steiner. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, and I, I like the idea of that what if. I don't think Nicholas would have risen to power um, no. because he wasn't a general at that point, and he had no real vested He would have got bitch smacked by the SLDF. They're like, no, no they, they, they daddy's boy, whatever. Yeah, they'd be like, oh, your dad died? Well, that sucks. Well, <laughs> time for blanket party. <laughs> they, they would have beaten him up in the bathroom. He yeah. would have ended up running an, a waffle house. Like he might have actually, water, Florida. He might have actually have ended up becoming a decent person. Yeah, he, he probably would have been a decent guy. He probably would have like run a fucking Waffle House in Clearwater, Florida, <laughs> and had like a wife and two kids, and been like, you know, it's hard getting by. My dad was a famous man, but all I want to do is make a better waffle. And, you know. <laughs> oh man, some of that Kerensky sauce. <laughs> you think he? You know he had a secret sauce. Oh yeah, family recipe. Oh yeah, it's just salt. Um, <laughs> Russians. <laughs> I enjoy salt on everything. So insert standard message greetings here. So my question is: While you may have loads of photos on cubicle walls, what are your thoughts on a digital picture frame with rotating pictures? Insert standard message ending until I drive through your house. 
Signed, Happy Truck Osborne. <laughs> good old um, happy Truck. Yeah, good old Happy Truck. He's he's a fun guy. I, I like the idea of a rotating pictures on yeah. a picture frame because it, it's it's much the same as looking out a window. You're like, oh, it's raining. Oh, it's this. Yeah. Oh, it's that. And you're reminded of why you're working. I like that. I, I just hate when someone has like 12,000 pictures you on their cubicle wall. You can't move into their, their, their room. So it's like you have all these pictures everywhere and you're like, let me just, like Nick said, let me go plug a cable in. <laughs> knocking everything over yeah i got my aunt one of those uh rotating picture uh yeah, digital things and it's, nice. she, that, she has a pretty nice. cluttered house and that was like displayed on prominence because it had almost everything that was already there but yeah digitalized and, and everything. you could you could put all your happy moments there like hey man that's when i took that vacation you're having a bad day at work you look over you've got your you know yeah you got your picture of your fishing trip it'd be nice but i, I prefer the analog, you know, I, I like the pictures on the well, wall. Well, yeah, and um, but for fine. your cubicle, yeah, for your office cubicle, you I don't want to put up like eight hundred pictures. I got to do something with the news, right? <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, hey, Texan co-hosts, love the podcast. Been a good way to occupy the brain while I'm at work. In reference to the sci-fi weapons episode, where it was referenced a few times that the lightsaber would make a terrible weapon, and whether or not they would actually deactivate in air. The old expanded universe, now referred to as Legends, multiple Jedi in the post indoor era, most notably Corrin Horn, had either dead man switches or a double toggle function to either deactivate the sabers or ensure it wasn't deactivated accidentally in combat. Another point, it was mentioned <laughs> that throwing solid objects at a Jedi would be detrimental. In the Old Republic, the Mandalorians specifically used slug throwers, conventional ballistic weapons against the Jedi because it would not deflect but rather spew hot lead right in the user. Apologies for any misspelling as it is the middle of the night and I type this, but hell, I'd forget to do it otherwise. Signed, Oxygen. Hey, man, that's that's probably the most responsible thing to do when you have a good idea. Most people don't even do No, that. just write it down. Share your crazy ideas. Then so wake Frank, up and be like, what the fuck was I smoking? Yeah, no. so, so so Frank is the is is the is yeah. the Star Wars expert here. And I, I think I think lightsabers would be a bad fucking idea because they would yeah. be terrible. Yeah, because you drop <laughs> that thing while it's on, it goes through the hole, you die. You well, it, well, a part of what they, they tried to say is that they, they actually turning it on was like they'd have like a switch on the inside. They, they, they'd use the force. So if you okay, that's so cool. if you died, it would turn off. That was part of it. But then you, they kept having people just turn them on that weren't force users. So they had things like a dead switch or you have to hold in the button, stuff I, like that. When I say terrible, I mean in terms of the accidentally nick yourself. Oh, yeah. No, but that's why you had to use the force. You had to have the extra, you know sensory reflexes to not accidentally you know oh there goes my eyeball you know yeah well i mean it's like luke picks it up and looks right in the snoot and i'm like oh no i Let me just stare down this this loaded gun real quick yeah yeah I, I i disagree with the way jedis do combat because i i mean i'm not a hema guy but let me just put it this way if you had a weapon that can basically burn anything it touches you're not going to be doing slash attacks and spins and shit you're gonna be the guy who's like who can poke you first yeah you're just like doing a poking yeah, battle yeah but it'll uh, be fencing basically is what it would end up becoming yeah, exactly whoever gets the first hit wins yeah because yeah. if you get burned by a thing you're not gonna go oh point to you you'll be like oh my god you know i'm on fire yeah, yeah. <laughs> my clothes are burning and you've put a hole right through me but yeah, uh, as to the solid projectile things, in the WEG system, it's actually one of the ways you would kill force users. You'd be a master chemist, so you would make uh, rounds that would that, that could either survive going through there or would melt into hot slag that would just impact into them. That's awesome. And it, and it was like a, I'll say a standard tactic, but it was popular on the boards. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah. So, so he says, P.S., 
Any opinions on the other Star Wars video games released in that Kodor, Swodor era when the prequels came out? I personally enjoyed Battlefront series as a kid and Republic Commando as a teen, with content in the universe being more a gray as a lot of the EU portrayed it. And I agree. I, I, I think yeah. those are great games. I also enjoyed Shadows of the Empire. Great soundtrack. Oh, Shadows Empire was fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I like that. And then there were some really bad Star Wars games. Where the, the, there was that Age of Empires reskin, and then there was we that, don't talk about that one. Yeah, and then and then there was the <laughs> um, there was the really awkward like colony game where you were like the Gungans trying to colonize Naboo's moon, and it was oh. like a learning game. It was terrible. Uh, they just stamped it. I didn't it even know it. that existed. Oh, it, it's it's awful. Uh, I know. I I'd say like uh, those are great choice. Battlefront's a fantastic choice. The yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I I think that what was missing is like in the newer ones don't hit this at all. But and everyone was saying it was like the campaign mode for Battlefront. Yes, that co-op campaign. Because you could play the Empire like or whoever, and it would play you know yeah. cinematics based yeah. on what you're doing. And yeah, and I, like I thought that. that was great. Um, yeah. But he also goes on to say, I had a new sequel title to Turbo Sword. Oh. Knife Fight City in Space. And then he also has Turbo <laughs> Sword, Moons Over My Hemi. <laughs> so, sorry it's so late. It's stupid. He's continuing on. Uh, Thanks for keeping the podcast going. I'm catching up while creating a class on construction media for my local union's pipe fitting apprenticeship. Oh, cool. So, here, yeah. here, here they go. Space Stab. All knifed up and nowhere to run. <laughs> <laughs> Star Sword City, high-speed gentleman Bronco pursuit. <laughs> Tank Knights, armored core. That's good. Fedora Samurai, with the oh, Hardy God. Boys, WWE, playing the roles of Edgelord and Fedora <laughs> Samurai, filmed on location at Columbine High School. Oof. Oh, man. That is uh, that definitely is, an, an oof there. That's spicy. Uh, Large Turtle versus Mecha Banana. Knife yeah. Genie featuring Sinbad. To take the place of that Sinbad Genie movie that everyone remembers but wasn't actually made. Knife Fight City yes. is a parallel dimension where Rick and Morty's <laughs> copies are dead. <laughs> Sword Cops, the Tank Knight's Infantry. Soviet Munion versus the Werewolf Women of the SS. Space Ma Alamo is built on the ruins of the battle. <laughs> Thanks for being the background noise that kept me critically thinking through this ordeal. If you need to question for the podcast... If you were to have dinner with any Battletech character, who would it be? And why would it be Anastasia's Funk? <laughs> yeah, eh, probably. I'd, 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 love to, I'd love to have a dinner with Kerensky. So, that's what I want to do, yeah, too. Yeah, like a, 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 a master strategist would be an interesting person to have a dinner with. Not just that, but I mean, he's a man of strong moral character. He, he believed strongly in the SLDF. I, I, yeah. What it represented. Well, that's the kind of person, you know, I, I want to emulate. The guy who starts a war with no. Yeah. That's, that's the guy I want. Nice. And yeah. Um, so next up, and sorry if I'm if I mangle your question with someone else's, I copy paste these out of my email again. Why I prefer the questions in the audio format? Yeah, because that way it's your <laughs> voice and not my fuck up. I, if I was to have dinner with somebody in BattleTech, it would just be me roguing around Canopus trying to just find the perfect one for my life. Oh, yeah, that's nice. I'd probably just end up being like cat you, girl. You get so much yeah. VD. <laughs> I mean, it just end up being like a cat girl. I hey, mean, hey, you do you, man. Got got it. I mean, if you got them in the universe, might as well go for it. Hey, you do you. I ain't judging, but the internet will. So <laughs> here well, we are. I'm judging. Yeah. Oh, okay. Thank you. 
It's okay. I appreciate Someone it. Someone has to. I, I mean, I got to be fucking reined in. It's caring, fine. Caring is sharing. Right. I still love you, Mike. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. All right, hug it out. Um, So, as an avid pecan, pan, or pecan pie fan, listening to your diverse panel's discussion <laughs> on the pronunciation prompted me to put in some Google research. Oh, no. As a northerner, it sounded like a southern thing to say pecan. Turns out the good old northern bias was wrong again. Sad to say, I spent too much time looking into it, and by that I mean any. I figured it was worth sharing my results to further fuel infighting or quash it outright. According to the best source reading I did, there's no fucking rhyme or reason to it. More northerners report saying pecan, or pecan, than southerners, but many areas in the south do use it. Some wanted to say the difference was between urban, pecan, and rural, pecan usage but that was too was inconclusive the final verdict nothing just inconclusive correlation without causation <laughs> now to bring strudel into the conversation it's like that argument about pop and soda yeah yeah i i switch it up i i'm i'm from a pop area i'm, I'm I mean, from even the south it's coke yeah, yeah. some coke yeah yeah it, i'm in, from the south it's coke in on all the signs in like cleveland i say pop you know however, yeah. yeah you want a soda pop not, yeah, nobody says soda up there. And then uh-huh. I, I have friends who say so, so I say soda because it makes more sense. Because I say pop, they're like, what is that? Well, it's, you know, it's I, totally a different There's also thing. some place where they'll say cola. Yeah. Do you want a cola? You know, um, it's it's tomato, tomato. Yeah. Okay, if I still have drink. I've caught myself yeah. saying pecan and pecan. So I'm, I, it mixes up. Well, you, you, you can't get it wrong. <laughs> oh, there Stop. we go. Uh, so <laughs> it's, it's, it's condition. So you can't get it wrong. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> now, now to bring. I got to see if I have any children. There's too many dad jokes going on here. Yes. Now, now to bring strudel into the conversation. <laughs> if you'd like to taste alcohol that is a dead ringer for apple strudel, try mixing Polish buffalo grass vodka Zabrowska with apple juice and be ready for a surprise. My experience with this came from a stint in Poland, and it was a decade ago. But the memory. I'm glad you can remember Poland because if you've been drinking Polish vodka, I wouldn't be able to remember tomorrow <laughs> or yesterday or anything. But so yeah. okay. He says, How much uh, would you have to drink to forget that you played Skyrim? Because hmm. I think there was like a, a story. I don't know if it was like a, a spoof, but it's some guy like bashing his head in with a brick so he can forget Skyrim so he can play it again. Oh, like I'm like, how much Polish vodka do you have to do to do that? It seems like it'd be a much more humane and safer way to do it. I'd have to agree. And a little drain bramage never hurt anybody. <laughs> not, not really. But no. so he says, I love your podcast, and I really enjoyed your visit to the Mind Gap podcast. Keep doing what you do. Mm. Mix up nerddom, sage advice, witticisms, and wonderful discovery. Thanks again, Slarty Bartfest. That's a great name. It's from yeah. Hitchhiker's Guide. So, interesting. Zubrovka and apple juice, apple pie. That sounds dangerous. I'm not an alcohol guy, but that sounds like alcohol. I'm yeah. Not, <laughs> so I'm not an experienced enough drinker to uh, comment, but I, I would say I do like apple juice. <laughs> I, I have some cider there if you want. Oh, maybe I'll try something a little bit. Okay, good. So uh, question for podcast. What tools do you prefer for tabletop in the age of COVID? Also, any thoughts on Cyberpunk 2020? And have you ever, do you plan to ever play very respectfully ach 720 um tabletop simulator roll 20 uh, uh was it fa- open forge or something yeah like? foundry, yeah. foundry. foundry. Yeah, yeah, yeah the one digs use yeah that foundry is awesome foundry is expensive yeah Just so you know foundry costs dollar monies that yeah. does but i mean i'm use, like use whatever you like man. yeah but foundry is great if you can get it oh foundry is great 
but but I mean, it using use whatever roll twenty is free. Um, you can do a lot of stuff in roll twenty. Uh, there's macros for almost everything. Um, there's tabletop sim if you want to actually throw dice around and watch your table explode slowly um, over and over and I didn't over, mean to. over and over and well, over again the real problem with tabletop simulator is people get distracted so easily with yes it. yes they do that's that's why you have to have cool stuff on the table so they want to play with that and not like oh I have a dice cannon and then shoot it in their eyes or like Mike when you put on the fucking VR <laughs> and we're crawling around the table like a goblin you're like hey dicks and then he was because oh, if you if you grip with the 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 uh, VR wands, if you hold grip, that grabs things and it also moves you. So I was moving myself by grabbing things on the table. Yeah, so like, you were, <laughs> yeah, you were doing like a golem run yeah. across the table, and I just see your headset flying around, and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> it was really funny. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, use whatever. Just find whatever people like. Uh, Roll twenty is a good starter. Yeah. Um, because it's free. It's really about you and yeah. how much you can put into creating things for your players. Because yeah. if you you know if you don't have like that creative juice to make like an image or just I mean we all just steal images we find yeah. on the internet. Oh, oh yeah 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 yeah. Uh, just you know go go with roll 20 get a pack and just drop things in there and get good to go you don't yeah. know it's just imagination is the key yeah you just you just got to stick with it mm-hmm. um what about you frank what do you I, I use roll 20 but i have more inertia than anything i've just been using it since like it first started mm-hmm. uh, and yeah i like i've, I've spent maybe 200 dollars on like their map packs and stuff yeah so you're like invested. i've got icon I got icons for almost everything except moderate stuff because no one makes them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's like, it's been fun for like the Twilight 2000. I'm trying to run as I, I found one, <laughs> one yeah. thing that really fits. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'll make it work. Well, yeah. And that's what's cool with Roll20 is you can just take a map of a town and be like, here's my town for my Cthulhu game and just <laughs> modify it. I mean, you can, you can also share player handouts with that really easy, which is really nice. Um, okay, next up. Hey, brother. Been a long-time fan wondering if you've ever tried out Barotrauma. It's gotten a lot better over the last year. It would probably be good for a stream record. Anyways, hope all is well. See you around, Captain Blastaho. Um, I've played Barotrauma. That's way more stress than I want. I, 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 and I see where it's clearly influenced by Space Station 13, but I think Space Station 13 is a better Space Station 13 game. Um, it, it's, Weird it's, how that happens. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. Uh, I guess, but it's also really stressful because it's easy to hit the wrong button and just blow the whole fucking thing up and then everyone's mad. It's, it's much better as a co-op game than it is yeah. as like a traitor thing. Right. And and that's and if you play randos online, Space Station 13 is way better than something like Rare Trauma because someone's just going to log in and sync the station uh, or the sub or whatever. And to answer the previous question, yeah, I intend on playing Cyberpunk 2077. I, I, I hope it's good. I, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I think we'll all probably play it. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I've already... Yeah. I don't normally pre-order, but I did it on, you know, GOG. Yeah. To, you know. Oh, no, I, I pre-ordered as well because uh, I wanted to support those guys. That's a really yeah. cool idea to build. A, a, a I, nice. w- I wasn't going to pre-order. I was just going to watch it and text got it for my birthday. Yep. As a pre-order. Happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday. Yeah, my birthday was months and months ago. So. Happy birthday. Yeah. Thank you. You get Cobalt to record the, uh, the song for you. That was before he made it up. Yeah. I'll, don't worry. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to him. No, my birthday's coming back up in March, man. That'd what? Right. Another birthday? Yeah, I get one of those. Every Holy year, shit. I will tell Man. I will tell everyone this, and I will keep repeating it. I don't care what I'm doing that day. I don't care if you know. Oh, we're having a guy come over. He's super important. I'm like, fuck him. I guess what's happening? It's my birthday. You're I get a day get off. Naked. You're going to eat hot dogs. <laughs> yeah. You're going to watch. Yes, Wrath I am. Of Khan. I'm not watching movies or anything. I'm going to do whatever the fuck comes to my brain. I'm going to be like, you know what? I'm going to walk outside. Shorts. 
birthday is my day to do whatever. Jobs I, are like, hey, we need you to come in because we've got a thing and they're doing jazz hands. I don't know why. You know, yeah, you they're, know, they're like, we need you to come in and do, do this thing. And I'm as, like, as they do. I had already put this request in two months ago. Yeah, fuck you, birthday. I, I'm with you. I'm with you a thousand percent. Yeah. However, I work it, my birthday because I'm a bitch. No, hey, I and I understand you. You you've got you got a job where you have to do office shit, and people need to know. I I have to crack the whip, otherwise yeah. my interns would would. Have, yes, they will. Yes, they, I, they would turn over your desk and set it on fire, just in principle. Oh uh-huh. yeah, he'd come back, and they're all unga boonga at that point. Yeah, they, 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 <laughs> like painting the walls. Yeah, they've completely gone native. <laughs> they're just fucking <laughs> Lord of the Flies. I just, like the island of Doctor Bunton. Really, I've the, always all felt the people are fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I I always I always feel like I'm not like much of a smart person when it comes to office stuff, but he tells me about some of his interns, and I'm just like, oh wow, okay. Yeah, there was a guy who tried to see how many times he could put fuck in a sentence <laughs> uh, before he got caught, and he did three days just saying nice. fuck all the time. And no, he's really sly with it. He's like, hey, fucks, how you doing? Yeah, and he did it really fast, and people didn't get it. And he's like, yeah. all right, have a good day, fucks. Yeah, you know. And I was like. Did, are you saying fucks? And he goes, "Oh yeah, I've been doing this for like three days." And I was like, "Oof, man, you please stop." Yeah, I was, I was like, <laughs> "Not in my office, but like, if if you want to do it outside the building, you can." But yeah. Jesus, and, and no, it was, it was hilarious. He he was just swearing at people, and they were like waving because people don't listen. Yeah, um, and someone did, and but, then he was in trouble. But as far as birthdays go, and I know this was off topic completely. If you have it, take the day off. Yeah, if you request can. the day off way yeah. in advance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't just not show up. That's a that's a good way to yeah. find yourself in a new job very yeah, quickly. No. And they're like, oh, it's it's not a paid day. I'm like, oh no. Oh right. no, I don't get paid for my birthday. Oh my God. Thank you, God. I've, he just apparently started flickering the lights because I started talking shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm watching. Our, our my- lights in here just started flickering out of nowhere. Yeah, it's amazing. Now they are they stopping? No. Yeah. Okay. That's so, the most okay. part. Next anyway. Time. Greetings, Tex, Mike, Nick, and the rest. First off, love the podcast. Just found the BPO when Tex Talks Battletech show up as a random YouTube suggestion last year, and I've been hooked ever since. The mm. content I've seen from the BPL has been amazing. Thank you for saying so. Anyways, Friday's podcast was very close to home. I'm a production supervisor at a company that makes recyclable molded paper packaging. My assistant likes to call this place, quote, organized chaos, end quote. Every situation and personality you guys talked about in the podcast, I've also dealt with. My assistant and I listened this morning and kept shaking our heads and naming names. <laughs> it's nice to hear other folks having and had the same experience as we are. Anyways, excellent job to all and thank you. Praise Zorg, anonymous and frustrated manager. Oh, man. Yeah. No, I, it, when we were talking about the work cast, it, it, it was just, yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, we've, we've all had those experiences. We just vented. And the reason I share them is because I know everyone has had yeah. the fucking people who microwave fish <laughs> in the microwave. and Or burn popcorn on purpose, you swear, every time. Yeah, it's like, okay, there's a popcorn button on the fucking microwave. Guess what? You put the popcorn in right side up. It says on the package, you hit the fucking <laughs> button labeled popcorn. I, the problem An is- An engineer has done this. There are too many microwaves with the setting just turn like they no longer have like they're like put the microwave on low and it's like where there has to be an idiot proof microwave at this point because all microwaves just literally shoot laser fire into whatever you're eating on the outside that is how they work yes. i mean but the, the yeah. problem is if you, you build if you build some idiot proof they build a better idiot that is I true mean, and 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 <laughs> i remember my mom's microwave when i was a kid it was one of those big yes. like blackened and like you could fucking <laughs> you brown out your house turning it on you could cook <laughs> you could sh- i mean seriously you could take a a wet log 
and set it on fire in that thing. <laughs> I mean, it was amazing. And had the big knob. The timer was knob. So you start turning it, it's on. And you had three settings. It was like low, medium, and Chernobyl. And you would just be like, oh, I want to make some pizza, but reheat some pizza. It turned that thing into smoke in like eight seconds. It was fucking amazing. You could burn paper in it. It would, it make, was, that, it'd make that really loud mm, as well, right? No, it would like the lights would dim and it'd go. Uh, and you, you can like almost see the waves coming out of it. You're like, holy shit. Shit, what a microwave. I miss that thing. Yeah. Then you remember, you're not supposed to you know, stare right now as it's cooking, but how can you not? I, my, my teeth tingled for a bit, but then I got <laughs> new teeth, so it's cool. Yeah. So, hello, <laughs> techs and friends. I have a question. I'm a Battletech player and a former Warhammer 40k guild ball player. I don't know what that means. I was curious. Oh, maybe it means Blood Bowl and some other stuff. Okay, so Warhammer slash 40k slash guild ball player okay i was curious about wargaming suggestions you mad lads had also thanks for all the great content from everyone in the legion at trevor the on the road trucker all right trevor drive safe first of all second of all where's my toilet paper third of all i don't know uh wargaming stuff i would recommend uh flames of wars first generation was really good bolt action's really good those those are Small scale combat games. There's the X-Wing game, which I've heard a lot of good about. Uh, that is a miniatures game. Yeah, the FFG. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there, there's a lot out there. So just say, what do you want to play? And just start searching. Because you don't have to pay game workshop prices to play games. Uh, Battletech's proving that. And a lot of people are finding that really attractive. But you, there's also a lot of great war games. I, I hear Bolt Action is really fun. Flames of War first gen, their first edition was really cool. Because I had a huge Flames of War army. And, and all that shit's way, way cheaper comparatively. But there's there's a, there's a lot of fun miniature war games out there. Just find what your usual haunts are. And what's uh, if you're an over-the-road trucker, you know, or OTR trucker, um, on-the-road trucker. I'm not sure what that's supposed to mean. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing here. So you're probably going to write back and say, fuck you. Uh, and that's fine. <laughs> but... Just find what your what what interests you. I mean, there's even Napoleonic battles and all, all sorts of other fun stuff. And if, if you find a good group of people that's playing a game you've never heard of, just join them for one. You know, test the game. You know, and they might you might make some friends in the process. Yeah, over yeah. the road, by the way. Over the road. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So next up, good day, Tex. Hope you're still doing well. Thank you and the wider BPL for uplifting, informative, and hilarious content over the past few months. For the most part, I've found it better than television. Your Sunless Skies playthrough, in particular, is a staple for my Mondays and welcome wind down from a usually hectic day at work. The podcast, I think, is more than a solid seven. But that is my opinion, and episode 22 I have found very helpful and insightful in particular. I must also say job well done on the scoring for the episodes of Tech Stocks Battletech. Some of those tracks I still listen to months after the premiering of the episode. So thank you for the introduction to these music tracks and artists. On a side note, if Kumakin ever questions why his Azimuth theme on SoundCloud has a counter uh, or a play counter of nearly 5,300, that is mostly down to me as I use that track for ambiance while writing. Oh. Speaking of writing, one project I am working on is an in-universe history essay for my setting, and I would like to ask a favor that I will return in full if possible. I would like the essay proofread to see that it follows a realistic coherence in the events laid out and that would logically lead to the other. I'm trying to avoid what we call Star Wars logic. <laughs> if yourself or anyone else about. in the Legion can help me out with this, I'd be honored. And again, I'm willing to return the favor by helping out anyone 
you point in my direction with world building, etc. If not, understandable. It is a big ask, and we all have our lives to live in these strange times. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd be glad to look at it. And I know a lot of people who world build in the BPL that would probably love to read it and steal some ideas for their own setting and give well, you, you some know, back. You know, strategically relocate them. You know? Well, that's what I mean. Is everyone every, <laughs> you go? Oh, that's a cool idea. I'd like to put my own spin on it. You know, and so everyone borrows from each other in writing. So I, I, I think, yeah, you just send it to my email. Um, anyway, questions for the BPL podcast. Feel free to read them all in one episode, spread them out across several, or just pick one. All right, I'll just pick one. Let's see. Music question for everyone. Some movies and television shows aren't great. They're not terrible, but struggle to go beyond mediocre. However, some of these productions have fantastic scores. My example would be Moonraker, a very far-fetched plot to the point of silly. But John Barry's score was excellent, I found. Mm -hmm. Does the podcast panel have any of their own examples of this, and what are they? That's a good question. Like something that carries the movie. Like, a, 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 that's a good one. All right, Frank, you got an idea. Uh, Robot jocks popped in my head. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> it's, like it, it's the one theme. <laughs> the one theme of robot jocks. Yes. Yeah, it's amazing. That is, it, that, no, you're, you're right. You're right. That, that is a, that, when that plays, you're like, <gasps> <laughs> it's robot jocks and laser disc. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's a great, that's a great fucking example. Um, you know, uh, Air Force One. I think that movie's hilarious. <laughs> the soundtrack's amazing. Mm. Um, I I also and and even though this movie's great, I love this movie. But the soundtrack is better than the movie. Is Master and Commander: Far Side of the World? Uh, it's all like Luigi Baccarini and everything else, and it's all violins and it's string quartet and the whole thing. And I'm like, what a great fucking soundtrack. Um, so yeah, I mean. I probably listen to that soundtrack more than I've watched the movie. And I've watched the movie a lot. It's, it's, it's just a really masterful soundtrack. And yeah, I mean, I think you're right. Mike, can you think of anything where the soundtrack was better than the movie and helped carry it? Something that made you go, wow, what a great movie. Oh, obviously, the, they live with that do 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 Oh, no, my God, do, you're right. Do, do, First up, They Live is an amazing movie? How dare you? I know, Not I know. I, I love that no, movie. It's a, I, I, that's the opposite of the problem. The movie's great. That soundtrack, I'm like, John, come on, dude. I think John Carpenter scored that live. <laughs> I think he watched the movie. Like, yeah. he had the whole movie there, Stop. and he's sitting there with a Casio keyboard. And he's like, oh, come on, he had at least a Roland or a okay, Yamaha. Okay, okay. He sat there with his mini Moog and he just <laughs> recorded it live in one take. And he was like, dun, yeah. dun, dun, dun. Over and over, over again through the whole movie. Yeah. I swear to God, because I was sitting here watching it with Tex and Kobold uh, last week and we're just, I'm just like, he just literally kept repeating the soundtrack. And I love that movie. But no, that's not a great, that's not a great example uh, uh, of a soundtrack that carries a movie more than the. Uh, yeah, it's movie. something something that gives that movie inertia. Uh, well, I wouldn't say it's because people would disagree with me and probably hate me for saying this, but uh, I think Twenty Four soundtrack's really good. But I don't really think the show lives up to what the soundtrack delivers. Well, okay. at times there are some yeah. episodes and some parts in Twenty Four I fucking love, especially in the earlier in mid seasons. The rest of the show just kind of goes in weird fantasy John Clancy land, and I'm not yeah, like I'm not a part of that, so I, I really don't get follow it. I, ca but I call it boomer fiction. Yeah, <laughs> where it's or airport book, you know? No. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 all all the airport books. And I'm not like, I'm not shit on Twenty Four. It ha it has its great moments, but its music I think is better than the show. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Because I I found myself like humming that tune for hmm. a long time. Okay. 
Yeah. So, yeah. Catchy. I, I like, um, yeah, that was from Chris. So thank you, Chris. And if you want to yeah. share your world with us, we'd be glad to offer pointers and ideas um, because writing a world's hard, but writing a world without feedback is impossible unless you want to write something like Skeleton King. And then you're like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're, I break your hand. <laughs> yes. The rematch <laughs> oh. of the century. Skeleton I mean, King versus Tex. Oh, God. Yes. Where's my gun? So, <laughs> hi, Tex. Thanks for all your hard work with the Battletech YouTube videos you have been making. Keep up the hard work, and thanks for the book recommendations you made to me some time ago regarding post-World War I Germany. I was wondering, have you come across any lore regarding why mechs are better than your general tank? Regards, Mark. Well, Mark, I did this video uh, called The Mackie. Yeah, and so that, that's an old that, question. Yeah, that, yeah, that's an old question. I, I think I think that that probably answered it. it they're, they're not better. In fact, they're way more expensive and complicated, but it's the military-industrial complex, which means they, they, they're going to they're gonna sell they're gonna sell a ketchup popsicle to a lady with white gloves and say it's good for you. So <laughs> it's it's just uh, you know I things mean things got faded out not because of their usefulness but because everybody else was doing it. Yeah, it's 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 a cool kids club. And there's a lot of there's a lot of FOMO in the inner sphere. Well, it's it's the thing is you, yeah. you have military affairs. It's a hilarious crowd where they buy one military and they operate another. And um, <laughs> Thomas Barnett goes on about that, and that's that's a good lecture yeah. series to watch. Uh, Doctor Barnett <laughs> nails it pretty hard on the head. I mean, I mean you've talked about and, and BattleTech. You'll you'll field just tanks on occasion to mess with other players. Right? Oh God, yes, dude. When I, I like, I know they're out there. We just can't see them. And no, like, no I, just tanks. No, not no, not not even just just tanks. Like shitloads of hovercraft. Like, okay, you want to fight bees? Because <laughs> these things are cheap as fuck. And I, I measure things in in money in in terms of cost. Yeah, how and, many urban mechs will yeah, this well, cost? I call me? it the urban mech index. You know, so I'm like, how many urban mechs is this equivalent of? Well, could it fight that many? No, it's a bad weapon. You know, so. <laughs> I made a Colossus and it cost me 500 billion sea bills. You're like, cool. For that much money, I can have an entire uh, systems army. And yeah. not, not like, <laughs> I'm not talking like a system produces an army. I mean, the army is as big as a solar system. Yeah. It, it, it's not only that. It's, it's, it's that like, you know, one guy with a stick isn't that dangerous. But if I have enough guys with stinks, I can barrel the monkeys into a war zone with these guys <laughs> and fucking win. I, I can just keep sending them until you fall asleep. And so that's that's the thing with weapons. It doesn't have to be a better weapon. It just has to be cost effective. <laughs> yeah, unless you're unless you're playing Mountain Blade, and then everyone just kind of gets stuck running into each other with their hands up in the yeah, air. Then, ah, 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 I will drink from your skull. Less talking, more eating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I love that someone made an overly long-winded thing on Mountain Blade. Too. It was an overly long-winded review about the ups and downs, and the best comment on that was less talking, more rating. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, from JS, podcast question, strangest song you've ever heard can't include Filk. I'm sorry, what did he ask? Strangest song you've ever heard, parentheses, can't include Filk. Oh. Uh, I'm a big fan of Da Vinci's Notebook. They have a bunch of strange yes, songs. Yes, they. Oh my the. Oh god, the um, face like Billy Joel. <laughs> that that song's great. Uh, the like, the soundtrack for Deep Space Nine on the Super Nintendo. Oh, okay. That is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. It's not Deep Space Nine. <laughs> it's not you know all. It's, so it's no licensed tracks from it. It's no just, some guy who made and it's it's a catchy fucking song. I'm not. It's like I call it sprinting down the hallway because it doesn't have a name because you're just sprinting down the hallway as Cisco and this crazy song is playing. It's catchy as fuck and you're like, 
when does he ever play this? And why is he sprinting through Deep Space Nine? What is he doing? It's, I have to get down to the cargo bay. Odo needs to see me. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Craziest, strangest song I've ever had. Uh, I used to listen to Dr. Domeno. So uh, the Ballad of Optimus Prime, but that would probably be Filk. You know, I'll sing you it's a Filk Ballad adjacent, at least. of Optimus Prime. He was the greatest of And what robots. is Filk by definition? Uh, folk. Uh, that is science fiction so uh, stuff like Carmen Miranda's Ghost and you know Band from Argo and we have our own Filk in the Legion we we have Band from Cargo we have a lot of goat songs and (laughs) it's it's, it's amazing but no I I mean there's so many fucking weird songs I mean Tom Lehrer you know, oh yeah, uh, Werner von Braun. Yeah, yeah I love yeah. that. One. <laughs> Once the rockets go up, who cares? Fizz, they come down. That's not, That's my, not department, my department. Uh, sings Werner von Braun. <laughs> yeah, it's so it, the Tom Lehrer. I grew up with Tom Lehrer tapes and stuff. Right. Yeah, Doctor Demento, Fish Heads. Fish now that is heads, an amazing song heads, right there. Yeah, they're coming to take me away. Ho ho, hee <laughs> hee, ha ha, to the <laughs> funny farm where life is beautiful <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yeah, so we. I grew up with Doctor Demento, and that was like every ten minutes another weird song. So there, there's a lot to choose from um so yeah from that was that was was from js uh oh and uh the the adventures of Dwayne and brando oh yes the Uh, guys who did rap music over your classic favorite video games and uh yeah they exist on youtube still and they i think they've remastered their soundtracks like five times at this point yeah that's that's like gen one internet shit they are they're they're the hardcore crowd of pretty much like convention mm-hmm. uh, of the convention. They're the cool people you want to hang out with at a convention. Absolutely. Yeah. So cool people at the convention, huh? X for doubt. <laughs> yeah, no, I know that's, all, that's if, <laughs> if, if, if I, if, if, if ever, you, yeah. if ever I lost my mind, quit my job, did YouTube as a full-time thing. And I got invited to a convention. I would just run a bar out of my booth. Yes. I, 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 I would sit there and I would, they'd be like, oh, what is your booth? I'd set up a wood paneled bar with four stools and they'd be like. Oh, we'd have to have like a, I'd have to get really good at piano because I'd yes, play like yeah, bar music. Yes. And I, I, would, and I would sit there with a bowler hat and make make drinks with a nano tracing uniform. Yeah. Get a little cut up Nick Nolte next to you. Yeah. No, I'd, I'd have, I have a nano tracing uniform and I, I would refuse to sign any autographs. I, I would just act like I was a bartender. That, that would be my thing. That or I'd have a charcoal grill and just turn meat. Yeah, yeah, no, like, you'd have a smoker in the convention center, so yeah. you're the only booth with smoke coming out. <laughs> and of and the they're bank. like, they're like, you can't do this. I'm like, where's it saying? <laughs> you, are you the police? I wanted to make, I wanted to make burgers for everyone, man. Yeah, that, that's what I this is. Enough, right? I brought enough meat for everyone. I, I, yeah, I brought enough meat for you. Just get in line. <laughs> I need to know some paint. Mike, no paint? the entertainer, louder. <laughs> you're like, you got it, boss. <laughs> <Yeah>. And you just. <laughs> For no reason. Yeah. Oh, no, I, we, we would not be good at conventions. Mm. Um, dear Black Pants Legion, I assume you're aware of the good news. We got a new Dune movie. Yes. Mm, very well aware. Yeah. And it's Dennis Villeneuve who did such a great job with uh, uh, Blade Runner. But you sure. Yes. Shut up. So <laughs> have you guys seen the trailer? Yes. And it looks epic. It looks. So, really- so did Blade Runner 2049. Don't. It, Blade Runner 2049 looks great. I love it. It looks amazing. Every scene it's is a like a series of paintings. Yes. They just didn't just, put enough thought into the story. Listen. No, they're listen, like Ryan Gosling. Just guy. stare. Yes. Okay. Look, look scared. Look, let me say what I want about Blade Runner 2049. Okay. Okay. It's the perfect sequel because it is exactly yes. the same pacing <laughs> sound and everything else. That's yes, why I is. like it. It is. It is. You're it's, absolutely right. Does it's it work? Is its own movie? Yes. I don't know. 
I really couldn't tell you, but I'm saying it no, is. No, not on it its is, own, but no, it is the perfect sequel. It is the perfect yes. sequel because that's what they wanted and they got exactly what they wanted. And I was like, that's amazing. So the new Dune movies made by that guy. Yeah. Directed by. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hopeful. But he says, I allow myself to be slightly hopeful despite playing Blood Bowl enough to know that hope is a huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> also, would oh, you consider God. making a Dune focused podcast as much as you like Star Trek? Granddaddy Dune requires love, too, I believe. Thank you for all your time and great effort in providing great content for us. Signed, a listener. P.S. Last episode of Text Talks Battletech was grand, despite YouTube trying their best to stop you. I assume it's Capellans. It's always Capellans. Yes, it is. And don't worry about it. They don't have, uh, they, they're not allowed to listen to free radio like this. Um, So here's. <laughs> to answer the Dune thing, when yeah. I finish reading the book Dune, I will gladly do a Dune we, podcast. Because yeah, if he does one, I will be just sitting over here like, yeah, those are things. Real no, yeah, exist. What, what they were like to, some sandworms or something. Well, yeah. I, I, think, I think we could do a podcast where everyone reads Dune, uh, right? But, you know, like in the weeks before the podcast and then we'll just sit there and talk about yeah. all the themes and everything just just the first book would be easily two hours i i just don't want to be left out of a conversation that i'm forced to sit here and record no and at, at gunpoint yeah you, you don't you don't want that because i'm forced constantly at gunpoint to do things look that's how I i'm gonna don't worry i'm gonna cut that part out no, it's <laughs> expert out <laughs> okay, so so i'm just saying there are no guns currently being pointed at us right now <laughs> <laughs> you cannot see my furs blinking. Oh, God. <laughs> I text other BPL members. Like others, I'd just like to say I am enjoying all the content the BPL releases and especially love the art in the recent Mackie video. My question has to do with Diablo 2. Has anyone in the BPL tried any of the various mods available for Diablo 2? I would suggest Path of Diablo as it is the best I've found. Thanks and keep up the good work you guys are making. I do not like the idea of modding Diablo 2. Because I think it's a perfect game. I have to agree with you. It's 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 one of those things where you like, if you have a perfect hamburger, right? Perfectly seared on the outside, perfectly juicy in the middle, perfectly seasoned. You don't go, you know what that needs is a fried egg and four different kinds of rare cheese and this and that. No. You, you just maybe maybe a little ketchup, maybe a little mustard, not much. But just simple. And, and simple is great. And I think Diablo 2 is one of the few perfect games. And I, I do not see any way of making that substantially better. Like Diablo 2 is one of the few games I can always go back and just play. Yeah. You know and, what I mean? and, so. and not play casually. You go back and play, and you play the fuck out of it. Next thing you know, it's been two weeks, and you're like, oh, I forgot I had other games at all. Forgot I had a job. Uh, well, I was going to say, <laughs> Path of Diablo, uh, based on what I've seen, because uh, I've seen it before, but I, I'm looking I, at the I, site I as, now. It's, I have as well. It's it, it, it just adds like a few things, tweaks I, some things. I, I know, but I, I don't want that. Yeah. I it's it's just it, I I like things uncomplicated. If, of course, if, if someone if someone says you know do you want do you want uh, a slice of pie, you know you go sure and they go well what if it also had this glaze and what if it also had this and this these two different kinds of ice cream and then we got these roasted pecan no I just want the slice of pie. I don't want my coffee to taste like pumpkin spice. I want my coffee to taste like coffee. Yeah. I, 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 modding can add a lot, especially in empty games. Or Skyrim. Co- yeah, or, <laughs> or correcting flaws. Also Skyrim. Of course. <laughs> Anything beside me. I'm saying anyway. Skyrim just needs that gift shop mod. Yeah, God, that would be great. You but know what no, I'm talking it's, about? And, and, I, and, I I'm not, not, and I'm not trying play. to shit on the efforts of these modders yeah. because I think a modder is trying to build a game they want to play, and that's fine. I, I've, I'm not trying to shit on it or your enjoyment of it, but for me, I think Diablo is a perfect game. Diablo 2 anyways. And yeah. I, I love it. E- even the jankier parts of it, I love it. You know? Yeah, I agree. And and I can play Diablo 2 a hundred different ways and have fun. And that's that's why it's a perfect game. Okay. And, and, and you can play it with friends. 
and it gets weirder and crazier with friends. That's a perfect game. And I, I, I just don't want to change any of that. So, hello, Texan friends. Hope this email finds you well. I was just listening to your The Cameron Restoration podcast, and I have a few ideas to expand on the idea you and Mike presented rather than give you my own entirely original fan fiction donut steal. Don't read this bit. Please use my name signed at the bottom of the email. Embarrasses me for reasons I don't want to get into. Uh, well, I clipped that out, so don't worry about it. Um, so, disclaimer. I don't know much about the setting outside of what you've covered in Text Talks Battletech, so please excuse any spelling mistakes or lore trampling as I don't know the political state of setting over much post-Tukiet. One, obviously, the Kerensky AI would be guarding a cryogenically frozen group of Cameron line, but I think only one or two Camerons would survive the process. Mm. I think the surviving Cameron should be a child or a preteen because it's an easy way to emotionally manipulate the normie audience to care while also hinting the dangers of having an inexperienced minor and the unifying symbol of the inner sphere. Good idea, yeah. actually. I, I think that's a good idea because the, the Cameron line was always like, well, what if you get a bad one? Or like the last Cameron where, yeah, yeah he's, he's a young kid. And then Amaris comes in. He's like, I will show you how to rule. And then and we'll have some golden corral afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> hey close your eyes i have a surprise bang you uh, know um oops. yeah so i i like that idea this is that this needs to be handled carefully to keep the character from being a mary sue or something have the mercenaries slowly try to teach them how to pilot a mech but mostly they stay out of fights for the early seasons good ideas good ideas um two i think some of the clans are a sizable chunk of each who try to help restart star league and defend the cameron air for ma honor reasons <laughs> For all their worship of their founders, I think, if given the chance to do what Kerensky himself failed to do, a sizable amount of them would jump at the chance. Obviously not 100% of them uh, would be for it, but some good excuses to show Batchels and some stompy mech action. I agree. Good point. Yeah. Good point. I mean, Just gives us an excuse to blow up Jade Falcon. Yeah. That's probably what would happen. No, no, no. Yeah. Jade Falcon's like, the, they are the imposter. And then yeah, 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 just, yeah. Just, oh, yeah. And you'd have them fight each other. Clan, yeah. you, were, you know, words of annihilation against each other. Yes. Like the people who believe this is all fake. Yeah, that'd be neat. Um. Maybe like a crusade. Yes. Um, so I also think at least one of the houses, of, once the Cameron survivor goes public, would try to at the very least ally themselves with him, even if it's just to create a puppet ruler, which the character is truly loyal and Comstar itself would have to watch out for. The rest and all of the periphery would call bullshit and more stompy warfare would resume until the newly reformed Star League, which is a ragtag coalition force of Clanner, House Defectors, Merc Units, and Comstar, would attempt to, quote, peacekeep. Hopefully spiltballing this makes sense. Sincerely, Chris. Chris... These are all very good points yes. and reasonable. Absolutely. I like it. Y you write better than 90% of shit on TV. <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> yeah, dude. There's actually some logic put into it, which is nice. It's logic. It's simple. It's not eight pages long. And you're not asking me to read a novel. It, it, it's a well thought out and concise point. So, Chris, you did a good job. Absolutely. That's a very, very good, very good letter. Um. Hind tanks, first and most importantly, I hope this finds you and yours well. During a recent episode of the BPL podcast, you mentioned your affinity for fountain pens and associate paraphernalia. As a person who has long been afflicted with an appreciation and or hoarding disorder of fountain pens, inks, and paper, holy shit, the paper, I have to know what you use as your everyday workhorse pen. Do you have an eye on another, perhaps? Do you have a favorite paper? What's your notebook of choice? If you're interested in any recommendations, please let me know. I'm happy to discuss it. Links which blow right past uncomfortable and likely eclipse the pathological, but fuck it because COVID, YOLO, etc. Wishing you all and all the Legionnaires health and happiness. Praise Zorg, Christian. Praise Zorg, brother. Um, 
Oh, P.S. Any chance we can get Crow and Go to collaborate on a synthwave version of Adagio for Sprint? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm cracking up. <laughs> Any chance we can get Crow and Goat to collaborate on a synthwave version of Adagio for Strings as part of the Knife Fight City <laughs> OS team? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, we'll do it. I'd be down for that. Yeah, we'll do it. Um, well, I'll help. Yeah, well, you're a music guy too. I, I Texas am. Texas doesn't like to talk about it, but he is a music guy. I I, I was an orchestral musician. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but no. Um, my I I have I have a Waterman uh fountain pen that I have at my desk at work, and it's an old one. Mm-hmm. And I've got a Mont Blanc at work as well, with a fine nib because those things run quick. And then I've got here. It's just a cheapo Lamy. Um, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's cheap as can be. And that's, that's the one I carry around every day. But in my job, I have fancier pens for signing the big stuff. So where I can like, you know, I've got like a calligraphy bit for it. So I can just like inflexible nibs. So I can like write huge scrawling stuff that looks really cool. But the old I, Jan, John Hancock, right? Yeah. And it's, so it's, it, it, my workhorse pens are cheap. Because it's it's a pen, it's not a status symbol. It's just one. I, I do wear a suit at work, so I have a fancy pen I can put in the front pocket. It's actually empty. It's just like a pocket square. Yeah. But it's it's one of those things where you just you you project that of oh here's a Mont Blanc, here, mm, you know it's it's like I have a Rolex I don't wear. It's 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 one of those things that when I'm at home I'm like a sit in my underwear or blue jeans guy. When when I'm at work I have to I have to play that officious sort of person because I'm a manager. And so excuse me, I'm indeed important. Right. And then I go home and just throw all that away and throw the ego in the garbage and just be like, I'm, I'm going to sit my underwear and watch Star Trek, you know? So it's, it's, it's a, it's a different sort of world. You want to look your best, but then when you come home, you want to be you. Hmm. And so, yeah. Um, favorite paper. I like this. Um, uh, this is uh Southworth. Uh, it's, it's what I use in my typewriter. It's a 24 pound, uh, or the weight's 24 pounds. So it's, it's a little on the thinner side, but it's, it's, it's cotton and I, I like it. Um, it's, it's, it's really nice paper and it feeds well in the typewriter, but it also holds up to the fountain pen. So it doesn't bleed through. And looks like good chewing paper, good chewing paper. You, you know, you just chew on, you chew on paper. It, it whitens your teeth because the chemicals, <laughs> my God, Frank, what did the core do to you? That was actually uh, something my dad did. Never brushed his teeth in his life, but he had the whitest teeth you could ever want to see. Fucking- no, no. He uh, at like thirty five, he had basically all of his teeth removed. What? Yeah, no. He he would just chew paper, and his teeth were white as snow. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're learning today on the VPL podcast. Hello, Texan guests. Tex has spoken many times about the Ace Combat series. My question is, where should the series go? Stay on Strange Reel or head into unknown territory like space? Keep up the great work. Zinthar. Um, I'd like to see one set in the 70s. I'd like to see Ace Combat setting like in the 60s or 70s. I'd like to see their Vietnam. I, That'd I'd, be pretty good. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see oh, Ace Combat World War II. I, I want to see what that world was like in World War II. That'd be interesting. Yeah. I'd like to see the space one myself, but I like dogfighting in space. That's why I like Star Wars. Wars, Which is World War II in space. Exactly. Which which is cool. Um, Yeah, no, I mean, it's... It's kind of interesting. Uh, I like the idea that aliens invade, but you can't go to space because you're just in, you know, fighter jets. At first. Yeah. 
like then later you, then on. You, then you, then you, like yeah. Independence Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get yeah. your own spaceship. But, but Independence Day from a oh Independence Day from an average fighter. So it's, yeah, so, yeah, instead yeah, of yeah, it because yeah. they do have an Independence Day game I'm aware of, but it's not good. No, and, no. Yeah. It was so not. so yeah, no an Ace Combat game fighting aliens they're invading and i think you know you get your own little spaceship that would be cool yeah actually actually reminds me of an old game it was like the early 90s where you would flow like a a crop duster and your job was to shoot down ufos it was like poor early 3d polygons and you could crash and be on foot and then bees would come kill you (laughs) i could not remember the name of that corn cob corn cob yes i remember corn cob (laughs) that was a stupid fun game it was yes so hey texan crew I have two questions. First, I've seen some books on Humble Bundle for Star Trek Adventures. I don't really play RPGs, D&D 5e really being the only one I've played much of, but are these for starting a Star Trek campaign? Again, please forgive me as I'm a bit of a noob and don't know any of the terminology. Secondly, what are your thoughts about the current state of Star Trek? I know for myself I am deeply disappointed. I'm a child of the next generation, and so perhaps my views are too restrictive as to what makes Star Trek, but to me... What we have now is not Star Trek. TNG wasn't perfect and did have bad episodes. Season one being in as a whole was very good, despite its open hostility toward religion, yet finding time to dogmatically profess the prime directive as scripture. Thanks again for listening to my ramblings and hope to hear from you soon about this. Yours truly, Master Dust. I have strong opinions on this one. They did the same thing. They did the new new Star Wars. They forgot that Star Trek was about hope and hope, noble, bright, overcoming your challenges and differences, uh, the the nobility of the human spirit, perseverance, endurance, intrepid explorers, and being unafraid of the unknown. Exactly. And then and now it's like karate I mean, and stuff. I mean, you can do like some nitty gritty, but it, it shouldn't be the main focus. It should no. be more like a Deep Space Nine. They had a couple episodes that were, yeah. that were really dark, but yeah, they didn't. But they, but it, the whole was show wasn't just hope. Pepper. You know? No, that was that was showing. Hey, this is a war. There are consequences. Right, bad things happen, even to good people. And the, the, it's it's but solely it, on the uh, GM's shoulders when it comes to the Noble Bright thing. I've noticed with that particular one but yeah you can get the book just know that you might want to also get a cheat sheet for it because they don't explain how damage works in the book that has damage there's no page on it i looked nice they forgot to put it in the book and don't be afraid you forgot to put damage tables in the book and don't be afraid to make shit up to fix a game because i have had to homebrew every game i've ever run because i'll read something i go that's a dumb rule There's a lot of that yeah Yeah. feel free to correct me if i'm wrong i mean if you have the page number i have the actual book yeah. Oh, don't be afraid also to just take whatever system you like and slap whatever coat of paint you need. Yeah. Because yeah. you can, I mean, the D20 Modern was a good example. It was just, you know, D&D and D20 system just yeah. with a modern coat of paint. Yeah. And that's that's fun. That's yeah. fun and fine. I think we got time for one more question. Yeah. All right. Howdy, Tax and Co. First of all, just want to say thank you guys for continuing to provide quality content through these trying times. As you're all more than aware, things are, to use the scientific term, fucked beyond all possible recognition. However, through it, y'all have managed to stay a positive beacon of good times and a sense of normalcy. Anyways, enough droning on. What are your thoughts on mechs like the Roughneck, being mechs that have been introduced to the universe through the recent MechWarrior games? I know that MWO isn't held in high regard for very valid reasons, but I can't help but feel a soft spot for that little heavy mech. Something about the image of resourceful mercs and desperate PDF soldiers bolting armor and weapons into industrial machinery really appeals to me. As it strikes that same gritty, hard luck, dirty, hillbilly engineering feeling I really like in sci-fi. 
I realize this may be a bit of an oddly worded question, but I'm interested to hear your thoughts regardless. And two, relating to the above, what are some good sci-fi books that evoke the firefly, serenity, dirty future kind of feeling? I've been getting back into reading as a way to cope with the lockdown and the stress from my new job, and I'm looking for some good books to tear into. Three, are Pop-Tarts ravioli, and if that's too controversial, are hot dogs a sandwich? Wow. Did we, we just talk about this earlier today? We, we, we just did. talked we, about this. We earlier. actually, it, no, the real question, sir, is, is cereal soup. So the, yes. the, now the, <laughs> I love the idea of like industrial heavy shit being used as weapons. I mean, we all saw the Granby bulldozer man and we were all like, cool. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, think in a situation like that, whatever is big and can carry heavy weapons, they'll strap something to it if yeah, they need to. Dude. I mean, the, the first tanks we, were t- tractors that were, <laughs> someone was like, what, what if it had guns and people were like gun tractor? And like, no, we can't call it that. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, that, that, that's fine. And I'm fine with new mechs coming out. I mean, people are Technology gonna, will advance. Yeah, new people, ideas will come out. And people will make shit. They'll just it'd be like, oh, well, we. It's, it's like the U.S. Navy in World War II. They're like, we need little boats to go chase other little boats. And they're mm. like, fuck it. We'll have a plywood derby and see which one lasts. And then you just get a bunch of speedboats and drive them out. And they're like, hey, this, this one sank. Okay, well, <laughs> let's build a better one. And it's it's just... The military experiments. I mean, just, you know, rip a line of space cocaine and just try some stuff out. Yeah, I mean, dude, if, if we had a mech that was for, like, cutting Christmas trees, we'd be sitting there looking at it, and we'd be like, man, you should put some, like, bigger chainsaws on this. And then, then you start experimenting, you're like, I could put a missile launcher on that. Let's go to the missile launcher store. Let's go to SRMs R Us. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, just... Uh, you know, let's see what happens if we attach the chainsaw to the SRM. <gasps> see, now we're thinking. <laughs> and I, I'm fine with that. But if, if you're looking for, like, nitty-gritty kind of dirty future, there's... Uh, the Expanse series is that beautifully. Um, and the show is actually better than the books. But people are going to hate me for that. Um, oops. Oops. But, no, I mean, it, I know you don't want to see the, the grognard... Uh, you know, grim darkness of the 41st millennium where it's just everything's terrible and then it got worse. But it, you want to have that kind of hard lived in retro future, or as we like to call it, that, that wonderful cassette futurism. Where yes. There's just that Paula cigarette smoke on the bridge of stuff <laughs> and there's everything's dirty and looks lived in. Um, I, I'd recommend The Expanse uh, would, would, would be one of my prime recommendations. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a lot of books out there, but the problem is, is with recommending fiction. The stuff I find deeply moving is maybe not going to move you. So I'd say one of the things I used to do is I'd just go down to the local bookstore and I'd just grab a book. I'd just read the back and go, oh, sounds interesting, and I'd try it. And if I don't make it in past, you know, five pages, eh, that book's not for me. But I'd, I'd read the first five pages of a book in the bookstore and be like, oh, okay, I'm going to take this home. And then you start discovering all sorts of beautiful books that way. Um, a book, book I read, one of my favorites was The Book Thief. It's about death. And death is the narrator. And it's set in World War II. Mm. And it was a book I never would have read unless I'd read those first five pages just on a whim. Like, what's, what's this about? This is a weird cover. And then I read it and I was like, God, this is a good book. You know? So... Another question I would have is, is go to your local bookstore and make friends with the owner because they they read like, all the time. They do. Like I got my my my, my buddy Greg. He runs uh, Between Books up in Claymont, Delaware, and he he just knows his books. And if you ask him for like a genre or something, he'll suggest something. He'll give you like a something to try out and. It just become friends with a local, like a local bookshop. I'm not like Barnes and Noble. No, because like Bar- Bar- like you go into Barnes and Noble and you're like, hey, what books would you recommend? They're like, those they're cheap, you know, and. <laughs> The ones near exactly. the Starbucks. Have you tried Starbucks? Yeah. 
We have a Starbucks. They have they have pumpkin spice enemas now. No, it, yeah, I was gonna say oh, Barnes and Noble is just an extended Starbucks at this point. Correct. Yeah, the whole place is Starbucks. Yeah. It's a Starbucks reading room. Mm-hmm. But no, um, yeah, I mean, just make friends with a local small bookstore, and you'll find so many wonderful books that way. Especially someone and, and ask your local librarian. That's kind of their job. Mm-hmm. They they like talking about books. Believe it or not, it's pretty weird. So Frank, as you are a guest. And you are visiting here on your mini vacation. What would you like to sign us out with? What thought would you like to leave the listeners? Oh, this is too much pressure all at once. I would say um, never lose hope. Everything will turn out well eventually. Yeah. What, what's the saying? You know, if, if you're going through hell, just keep going. Winston Churchill. Well said, Frank. And that'll do it for this podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. And as a sad fact, we found out you can downvote this thing. So please don't. That'd be mean. Unless you, unless you really want to, and it's funny. Yeah, if you're just on offer Apple, constructive you, criticism with yeah. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, unless it's really funny. Like, if you want to burn us and it's funny, I'd, 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 I'd laugh. Th- then we'll laugh. Yeah, yeah, we'll no, talk we'll, about it on the podcast later yes, on, right? Yes, yes, we will. <laughs> All right. Thanks, <laughs> guys. Just them a challenge. Take care.